Welcome to the Foundry, where leaders are forged daily. I'm your host, George Roberts. Welcome back, entrepreneurs. Today, we are joined by Aaron Goins in the virtual studio. Aaron is a real estate entrepreneur and leader of the All In On Real Estate Meetup, as well as CEO and founder of All In Homes, a commercial real estate syndication company. And now, let's welcome our special guest, Aaron Goins. Welcome, Aaron. Hey, how you doing, man? Good. Thanks for having me on here. Thanks. Great, great to have you today. So, uh, Aaron, I'd like to start by asking you, what was the most memorable job you worked before turning to entrepreneurship? Well, George, I was in the Air Force for 16 years, and it really uh, changed my life. Uh, I, 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 I can't tell you, I can go on and on and on about the stories about, about the Air Force, but it really shaped me, and it really gave me a great perspective on life. And I think going overseas and seeing different cultures had really crafted me a certain type of way. Um, so I would definitely say the Air Force and uh, my time there, um, this really, it, it gives me a good foundation. Well, thank you for your service, Aaron. Thanks, sir. Could you tell our audience about your real estate holdings? So um, I, I'm, I'm not that fond in, into real estate. Uh, I have, um, I use my VA loan and uh, I, I purchased a a duplex, which I'm saying and right now I'm house hacking. Um, and then also me and a partner of my uh, real organization, we have another property that's in, uh, in another state and we are uh, rehabbing it to make it space into like, kind of like a frat house where we're going to put students in there. It's, it's, it's a minute or two minute walk from campus. I can see the campus from the house. Um, and I'm really excited about that. So and that's we should start we should start getting students in there um, this summer. So that's really exciting. And and you brought up two themes uh, that are very uh, you know hot topics in real estate. The first being an out of state investor. So do you have any advice for out of state investors? Yes, um, if you could, I would say uh, you know look at the property. Go go look at the property. Look on go on Zillow. Um, you know, ask people that, you know, who might, if you have boots on the ground, you know, ask them about the neighborhood. Um, and if you could go and look at the property yourself, if you had the time, uh, I, um, I was fortunate that, uh, this, this year I went and looked at the property. Um, I, I drove from, uh, basically, uh, I drove 13, I drove about eight hours, I, I, um, from one location to another to go look at the property and, and, and just, you know, just see the awareness of it. Um, I, I've seen it on, um, on screen and things like that. And it was presented to me, but I actually wanted to go and, and be boots on the ground, look at all the nuances, look at the rehab, and just really get a feel of the neighborhood of where is that for me. So if you had time, I would suggest going to it, but, but leverage your boots on the ground, leverage um, the people that are there and get their experience and understand, ask them questions about the property itself and ask some questions about the neighborhood because that's going to really going to um, show the value for you. Absolutely. There's nothing like uh, seeing it for yourself. And then, uh, yeah, student housing, that's the other issue, right? A lot of people, 
they shy away from that. Uh, but I, I've heard the advice that uh, the students, you know, they always pay. In many cases, the parents that are paying. And so they tend to be reliable tenants and maybe don't uh, not as likely to destroy the place uh, as as you might expect. I mean, we are talking about a frat house. I did watch Animal House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's true, man. I mean, you know, I mean, there's horror stories with, with a lot of with a lot of stuff. But I think you had to, um, you know, uh, veteran tenants. That's number one. Um, and then also your property manager, you got to rely on your property manager. Uh, you got to have a, a, a property manager that's going to be there that makes itself known um, so that the tenants will know who they are. They can, they can call, they can rely on. Um, so you really got to put the systems in place um, to be an out-of-state tenant, I mean, out-of-state landlord. Um, and it starts uh, first with having, um, you know, using um, all your paperwork good and then also a great property management company or person that can really um, be the boost in the ground and the eyes for you. Yeah, that's great. And I'll just share with you a quick story. I uh, am a single family landlord in addition to being multifamily landlord. And uh, we once had a guy who wanted to pay ahead of time for the entire year. And that brought some interesting questions. Uh, you definitely have to vet people. So uh, yeah, that, uh, lot, that screening process, uh, you know, very, very important. Now, uh, one of the, oh, yeah, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you something real quick, man. So I know somebody who uh, he got, he, he, he had a piece of property um, and uh, he had some tenants in there and everything was going good. But then they, they looked at a prop one day they, for some reason, I think the tenants moved out and they looked at a property and there was a large hole in the liver in, in the kitchen area. Mm -hmm. And they were like, what happened? And it was like, we cook on the ground. And <laughs> so, so you got to make sure that, you know, sometimes you do a little walkthrough, you, 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 you know, you check on the tenants because that's damage to your property. And if you're not aware of it, I mean, that can, I can slide right by and now you're paying for something that should be liable to the tenant. So I think you had to make, you had to make some ground rules for your tenants right away. It has to be in, in your paperwork and it has to be known to your tenants. It's some things you cannot do. You're, you're, this is, this is their home, but this is actually, you know, but really this is your home and you got to make sure that you are the authority figure and that it's known between you two what they can and can't do. So that's fascinating. You said an actual hole in the kitchen area. So, and they're cooking on the ground like campfire or what? Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, that takes the cake. <laughs> yeah, I just love landlord stories because, um, you know, wow. <laughs> now, before we went on camera, you mentioned uh, that not a lot of veterans take advantage of VA loans. I thought that was fascinating. Can you tell us why? You know, I, I heard a stat, uh, talked to a guy who, who works with the VA and he said only 12% of all veterans use the VA loan. And I think it starts with first education. Uh, for me, um, this is my slogan. When I, was in, when I was in the military, no one in my circles uh, talked about real estate. We talked about what we call a thrift savings plan, stocks and bonds, and and not being in debt. And a lot of times, people deploy. You see, 
um, a lot more Dodge Chargers pickup trucks on the road instead of people buying appreciating value items like real estate. And it's not it's not one of those things where it's talked about, uh, especially to lower level uh, listed people. Um, a lot of times they don't they don't have a good education about finances, and you know you can easily with a VA loan get a, a purchase of fourplex. You can go up to four units, and just imagine you 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 go to different bases in, in let's say a ten or twenty year. You can buy a couple four a fourplex every base you go to, and just imagine after, after twenty years <laughs> and so many deployments, you can have so many fourplexes, and you know, can really have some good finances if done right, but it's not talked about. Now in this era, before my era, there's a lot more accessibility. There's a lot more information. There's there's different agencies like um, uh, attribute passive income and and um, white feathers and other and a guy named Bill Allen. He has some several figure flip, flipping. So there's other organizations out there now, um, military affiliate that talks about real estate. But still, you still have to find it. And I think it's, it's a disservice that not a lot of NCOs talk to their um, enlisted uh, about that. And a lot more officers know about it, but not a lot of enlisted talk about these things. A lot of people are worried about their VA rating, disability rating, but not talking about the VA loan. So it, it goes back to education. So that's a beautiful theme uh, in the way that you're helping to uh, educate your base uh, of, of supporters to, to learn more about real estate investing. Can you tell us about your aha moment when you realized, hey, you know, what I'm doing isn't really going to get me retired. You know, I need to go in entrepreneurship. And for me, it's going to be real estate. So at my, at my, um, at my W2 job, if I got out the military, um, it was, I was, it was one day a employee, a coworker came to me and said, you know, you'll be here for another 20 years. And I thought to myself, no, no, I won't. And that was the moment that really awoke in my entrepreneurial spirit. Cause I was like, I don't want to be in a rat race for another 20 years. You know, I, I proudly served my country um, in the military, but I didn't, I don't want to work for another 20 years. And let me try to find a way uh, to, to uh, reduce that window <laughs> significantly and also be my own boss. Um, and, and, and also at, at the same time, help others. So um, that's when that's when I start doing different entrepreneur um, segments, and then I finally got into real real estate. Exciting! So, uh, what is the next big step for your enterprise? So uh, for me, I I'm trying to get into more um, commercial multifamily syndication deals. Um, trying to build my investor base up. I am we call it a capital raiser. And I'm always looking for investors um, to educate them and then also um, help them get into syndication deals. Because a lot of times syndication deals is you have what we call a general partner and a passive um, partner or passive investor. Um, somebody like myself would be a general partner. Somebody who, who does, the, does the daily work, the daily grind of working on the apartments um, from the property management to all the logistical uh, operations with it. But a passive investor is somebody who basically gives their money, um, you know, um, whatever, what the money is, and then they sit back and have their money grow over the course of time. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And I think that more people need to 
need to be aware of that because it's possible out here that you can give $100,000 and in the right segment in three or five years, you can grow your money twofold. And a lot of times people don't know that. So number one is educating them, you know, tell them about the different strategies um, and the different benefits of, um, of commercial multifamily, like the tax strategies. That is so great to do that. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, speaking as a, a passive investor as well, uh, I'm involved in a couple of deals. It's uh, certainly amazing. I would compare it to being a single family landlord. I did pretty well in that. But, uh, you know, what you're able to get from a, a reasonably decent uh, real estate syndication compared to you going out there and either having to hold the hammer or to supervise the people who do, uh, you know, very often I think you can do better as a passive investor in a larger enterprise than, than you might, even, you know, as, as talented as you may be uh, going in as a single family investor. So I think that's a very powerful, powerful story. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's just like, uh, it's just like kind of like an airplane. You, you pay for your ticket and then you sit back and relax and, and, that, uh, and, and we're the vehicle that takes you to the path you want to go to. And the path you want to go to is, is, more, is more income, more financial freedom. So, and that's what a passive investor is. Yeah, I love that. And I just recently came across, I think it's uh, 10 observations from a pilot. He said, you know, people say they fly, but what they mean is they ride in the airplane. <laughs> so anyway, hilarious guy. I wish I could remember the other nine because it was a hilarious list. Uh, yeah, it was something like if you're going to go uh, fly through the open barn doors, uh, it had better be executed perfectly. Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> I'll leave that to the experts, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what uh, can you give us some advice that you would give to your younger self oh man wow that guy was pretty wild <laughs> uh, I, I would i would tell him first of all to listen more to um, the advice that she was given when you first came into the air force um also i would tell him to um get into real estate early uh you, you know use a va loan um and you know, be a little, be more focused than than what he than what he was at that time frame. Uh, and then also, um, finally, you know, read more books, educate yourself more. And that's something that I definitely wish I had done. But I would tell anybody to read and educate yourself because um, you know a lot of times we don't know what we don't know, but we have to find the information if you want to you know strive higher to be in life. So educate yourself, read books, uh, read real estate books, and, uh, and try to find somebody, a coach or a mentor to help you in your path. Okay, awesome. And then uh, do you have an inspiring quote for entrepreneurs or maybe just tell us what inspires you as an entrepreneur? As an entrepreneur, for me, um, I have uh, two kids, um, a uh, 15 year old, a 14 year old. My 15 year old just started high school. My 14 year old is eighth grade. And my why is always is, is to spend more time with them. So that pushes me every day to, to get up and, and work on uh, real estate um, as a, a side hustle 
uh, right now. And eventually I want to do it full time. So, but my why is my kids and in the pursuit to spend more time with them and to travel the world as well. I mean, just being in the military and going to different continents and, and, you know, I, I definitely, uh, definitely want to uh, travel more um, in the near future. Well, can you send us out with a memorable story from your entrepreneurial journey? Uh, uh, and I, I was, I would say this, um, let me, let me, let me go back. First of all, if, if I want to say something to, some, to everybody on here, if you are interested in real estate, um, look for a coach, look for somebody who is credible. First of all, that you can, um, that you can align yourself with. Um, because I, I, I think that a lot of times we hear people about gurus, 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 but you got to find somebody who is credible and it can help you along your path because the, even the top guys in real estate, they still have coaches. So why not you? So just think about that. Think about finding a coach to help you along your path um, because that would be so, that, that would really boost up, boost you up so tremendously. But I, I would say that um, I've, I've had a lot of ups and downs. I would say a lot more downs being an entrepreneur in, in real estate, but I'm still here. And the thing about it is that you had to be resilient being an entrepreneur. You had to be resilient being in real estate. Uh, just this week, I had some plumbing issues um, where uh, at my duplex, where I thought it would be a, a simple drip problem. And now I'm finding out that all the pipes need to be replaced because I have like bad pipes in here that the, the, the former uh, landlord did not make me aware of. And these pipes are not around anywhere where I live at. So I had to buy a whole bunch of new pipes and I fell down about it. I still do, but at the same time, it's not going to stop me from wanting to be a landlord and moving forward. So, you know, there's, it's going to be setbacks. It's not going to, it's, you know, being an entrepreneur in the life itself is you're going to have adversity that comes to you, but you got to keep going. Um, if you stop, then it's all for not. And you don't want to be the water cutter shit a person. So push forward. Um, and, and, you know, reach out to people, you know, talk to people, don't try to hold everything and talk to people. You know, a lot of times um, in life, we have too many people who hold stuff in and, and when people pass away, I'm the water cutter shit a person. Reach out to people that you love and tell them how much you care about them. Cause you just don't know what's going to happen the next day. Reach out and tell them how, cause they, I, I, I think people rather hear what they, you know, how, how you feel about them now then when they're not here. Yeah. Classic Aaron, classic deathbed regret. And let's make sure we don't do that in our own lives, listeners. So I want to say, Aaron, thank you for a great interview. You have a great story. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, George. Thank you so much, man, for having me on here, man.